You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Swanson. Welcome back to another episode of the Sullen Radio Podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by TattooSmart.com. Go check out TattooSmart. They have a bunch of digital tools for you to use as a tattooer. They have different brush sets, tutorials, and all sorts of good stuff if you're using an iPad Pro um, or a Wacom tablet or any other kind of um, digital drawing device in your tattoo process. Go check them out, TattooSmart.com. If you use the promo code SWANSON, that's my last name, S-W-A-N-S-O-N, you're going to get 10% off your order. Tattoo Smart, ancient craft, modern perspective. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by TattooNow.com. If you go to TattooNow.com forward slash Sullen Radio, you get 50 bucks off their basic responsive website build. Have them build you a website. It's going to be custom for you. If you're a small business, an artist, a tattoo shop, and you want a place to showcase your work, get TattooNow.com to build you a site. They did a great job for me. One of the things that they customized for me is I wanted the background of the website to be a pattern that I actually got from TattooSmart.com. And it was one of Cassidy Bell's geometric patterns. And so Tattoo Now used it as the background on my website, SullenRadio.com, and it looks great. You can have them build you a website. They'll customize it for you. It's going to be very functional. It's going to be easy to update, easy to use. And if you want to have them do that for you, head over to TattooNow.com forward slash Sullen Radio and get 50 bucks off their basic responsive website build. All right. Well, enough is enough. Let's get right into the show. This is my talk with Ross K. Jones from Idle Hand in San Francisco, California. It's like my backyard. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Ross. Hey. Hey, man. How's it going? Pretty good. How about you? Good. We got this Skype thing figured out. I like it. Cool. <laughs> what do you got going on today? Uh, just a quiet morning before work. That's, that's good. You have appointments today? Yeah. Yeah. You stay pretty busy out there in San Francisco, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. How long have you been at uh, Idle Hand? Uh, just a little over three years. Okay. Where, 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 where did you come before that? I worked in a private studio in San Francisco for about five years, maybe six years before that. And, uh, and before that, um, I, I was like kind of taking a break from tattooing for a couple of years. And, and before that, I worked at a bunch of other shops in, in the Bay Area. Where did you, you got your start in the Bay? Yeah, I started at Spider Murphy's back in like 2000, 2001. Rad. Such yeah. a, that's a, that's a, such a great shop, man. Like such history there and the way that, uh, the way that it's set up and the flash and you had that shit ingrained in you from the get go, huh? Yeah, man. I was like one of the originals there, you know, uh, yeah. when it was a small little shop before it kind of blew up. Um, and we were just kind of figuring out like traditional tattooing and, and, and what we were into and stuff. And, um, it was basically me and Theo, who's the owner and, uh, and one other guy who's, who's, I don't, I don't know what's up with him anymore, but, um, yeah, it was a cool scene back then. What were you guys looking at? Like when you say try to figure out traditional, like what was, where was Theo's influences coming from? What were you into at that point? 
and kind of talk about like what year was that? Because talk about the landscape of tattooing must have been it obviously was way different. Yeah, I mean, so I was a kid, you know, I was like, uh, I was like in in art school. I was going to art school, and I was like nineteen, twenty, something like that. And um, and I met Theo. I had started started getting a lot of tattoos, and uh, and I met him <clears throat> just. You know, I, I noticed somebody else had a, had like a Sailor Jerry tattoo, you know, and I was like, oh, this is cool, like real classic, traditional Americana kind of tattoos. And uh, he, I met him because he he had been the one who did it, and uh, and we just kind of connected, you know, and and, he, and I showed him some of the art I was working on, and uh, and it was pretty influenced by by tattooing and. Um, and we were just both into the classic stuff, you know, and, and uh, I guess what I mean is, you know, back then, you know, I think Ed had put out a couple books on, on Sailor Jerry, but there wasn't a whole lot of like accessible traditional stuff. You had to really right. like, hunt and find it and like go to people's shops and, and look at the stuff. And, um, and we figured out like, it's better to look at what those guys were looking at than, um, than just copying the same, mm -hmm. the same old flash, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like looking at old advertisements and old, like, uh, you know, I don't know, little scraps of paper with, with a fucking girl face on yeah. it. The twenties or thirties was, and sometimes you found that that's the same thing that, you know, Owen Jensen or Sailor Jerry or, or somebody was looking at. And that, yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting when that happens, you know, and like all that stuff. That's why, um, at picture machine, when I worked at picture machine, I was visiting, um, I don't know if it was when I was visiting guy up at body graphics, um, like doing a guest spot and he was talking about, or it might've been, I recorded a conversation with Jesse and guy, um, for my old podcast and the, sound quality was shitty and we couldn't use it, but it might've been then when, um, Jesse was telling me that, uh, Pat, his grandfather used to carry around a little piece of tracing paper in his back pocket. And yeah. so he'd be on the bus and, you know, some advertising, some little design or something that would catch his eye. He would just trace over it right there and, and keep it. So all those guys were, yeah, they, they didn't have the luxury of, you know, thousands and thousands of sheets of flash and redraws and repaints of the same designs like we have now. They were, they were collecting it from their surroundings. You know, exactly. Yeah, and 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 that's I think that especially today, you know, like that's how you keep it looking really pure, in my mm -hmm. opinion. You know, like rather than copying the same old flash that everybody's copied a million times, which that can be cool too. But if you're trying to do something new. Mm -hmm but have it look genuine going to the source is always better than the watered down version. You know what I mean? Sure. Absolutely. You know, I, it's what I, it's what I like that I've seen in, in your work as far as like looking at the standards that are kind of set with traditional tattooing and then taking what's maybe um, contemporary and blending them. So the, and the piece that I'm thinking of is the, the underboob spider webs that you did. Oh yeah, sure. And the fucking, you know, the underboob is such like a, 
a popular spot these days, right? And so, and usually you see the mandala stuff and all that. It looks great, but you kind of used that traditional subject matter and you put it on in such a way that it, it still holds up so good and looks just as good as all those decorative type uh, designs in that place, man. It looked tough. I loved it. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I like that one too. That's the goal for me. If I if I do a tattoo, and and a week or a year later I can be like, oh yeah, that's a good one, then it's a success. You know, right. I like I have a couple pictures from like the year I started tattooing, and I still think they're good. You know, and that's to me that's like that's awesome. Classic, uh, traditional tattooing. That's the key, right? It stays mm -hmm. classic forever. It stays looking good forever. You know, mm -hmm. definitely. And I think there's. What's cool now, and I don't want to get off topic, I would love to hear more about that time that you spent, you know, with Theo and, and sure. in Spider Murphy's. But I think what's cool is we're seeing all different kinds. We have now access to being able to see all different kinds of tattooing and look and see what what about them is like similar with, you know, tribal. Why does this black look so good? You know, when you look at a Japanese bodysuit, and it looks almost like it's tribal behind it because there's so such heavy, you know, bars of black. Um, you look at a traditional piece of an X next to that and there's these big fields of black or nice black background. And um, it's awesome to be able to see that all across the board and kind of really pinpoint what's working in tattooing and, and what maybe isn't. And we're going to be able to see over time as as you know, the, these pictures on the Internet ain't going away. And so Google's just going to keep growing with shitty pictures of tattoos, you know, pictures of shitty tattoos. Yeah. Totally. And as time goes on, we'll kind of, things will shake out. But um, when you guys were doing that stuff back, you know, when you were, when you were young and starting to tattoo and in that environment of being really driven by the, the subject matter of traditional tattooing, um, what were those elements that you guys were looking at and, and trying to figure out, um, either design wise or how it was going to translate into the tattooing. What was your mindset when you were like learning that shit? I mean, I, I was, that's, that's a tough one. You know, yeah. I, I think, um, I think the basic, like the bare bones of what works in a tattoo relies on the black, right? So mm -hmm. you're talking about black, that's it, man. Like it's got to have enough black in it. It's got to have a bold line that will hold up over time and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, at least for for the kind of stuff I like, you know. I mean, there's definitely all styles. And and um, and what I'm interested in is uh, is is one particular thing, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I love Japanese tattooing, but I don't know the first thing about it, you know. And and um, and I don't focus on that, but. Uh, you know, I think that trying to get the, the proper amount of of, uh, of black in the in the design and and it, it should, in my opinion, like hold up whether it's colored in or not. You yeah, know? that was always that was always something my mentor said. It stuck with me like early on was the fact that that tattoo should look finished when it's done just in black and gray shading. You yeah. Know, whether it's going to come back and they're going to do another session, 
but when you finish the shading, that shit should look done. It should look like a like a fairly finished tattoo and and hold up as as that. Yeah, totally, man. I uh, I remember learning this thing in school about like uh, like this one class I took. This guy was talking about um, like percentages of of black, basically. Like like if you break it down to you know. Uh, values and 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 white and gray and black right like mm-hmm. he would say a basic formula is you want to have uh more 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 black like the most black a smaller amount of gray and then an even smaller amount of white mm-hmm. right like or you could do the opposite but um but you wouldn't want something to be more gray and and less black or white, right? Like right. The, should make a decision as as to whether or not it's going to be more white or more black. And with tattooing, black is like is the basic. That's what you got to work with, and uh, and and it relies on that contrast. So uh, I always looked at that man, and and uh, and it's still you know sixteen years later or something. I'm still thinking about uh, is this the right amount of black? Is this the right amount of of uh, shading in a tattoo or whatever and um and when i look at art in the world like i look at it with that same eye and um i think it's pretty a pretty good formula it's easier for me to explain on paper or something sure no i think it's interesting because looking at that from like an art perspective you know just exactly what you explained ultimately is what those guys were kind of doing um when they were looking at, okay, how much black shading can I put in this to be efficient with it so that it's going to look done and the customer is going to be happy and I can get on to the next one. There's like this balance of efficiency and the design needs to look finished. Right. Totally. So when you're, when you're, it's, it's like a sales thing. And I, that's what I love about fucking traditional tattooing. It was all kind of, blue collar based yeah man flash was sales it was a sales aid you know they had to simplify this stuff and it wasn't simplifying because they were not you know necessarily poor artists they just it was a something they needed they needed to get put on in five ten minutes because they were getting paid a dollar and a quarter for it yeah efficiency (laughs) man that's the key what you were just saying you know i think um as soon as I figured out how to put on a decent, clean tattoo, the next step for me was like trying to be efficient and faster mm-hmm. and like get it done quicker, you know, and um, and not not to get too far off topic, but like you think about what they were doing back then with sailors and, and having like a line out the door and right. doing flash off the walls with the same size stencil all day long, you know, from morning till till close and uh we do that at idle hand we do that sometimes you know we do these these event days where we do this this get what you want day and we mm-hmm. have a bunch of pre-made flash for people to choose from and they line up at like 9 a.m and it's a really cool thing you should check it out sometime but uh man i think i was looking at that and i think i i've been seeing that kind of walk-in event type um scenario playing out a lot more and i and there's a lot of people have those people think about the Friday the 13th type event and i think there's a there's a 
kind of a negative stigma to that because it's 13 bucks and, and it's a kind of a, I mean, that's, you know, most people that I think would argue against that is like, why are you going to give this shit away? That's wonderful tattooing for that little, you know, and I think those walk-in days are, I think those walk-in days are a balance between the hype that you can and vibe that you can create in an exciting, uh, event at your shop and the tattooers getting paid enough for doing a hundred dollar jammer or, you know, a $150 jam or, you know what I'm saying? They're not, they're not shortcutting themselves. And so I love that, man. I love that you guys are doing that. Artwork Rebels is doing that up in Portland. A lot of these shops are creating these fun events where, um, people can go there. Yeah. And line up man, and get excited about getting a tattoo and having a good time. Yeah, totally, man. It's also like, you know, I noticed that a lot of these guys, I, I enjoy doing a tattoo that you can start and finish in a couple hours, you know, like yeah. that's shit. That's what I try and do regularly. Right. I definitely like work on back pieces and do a couple sleeves and, and things here and there. But what I prefer to do is, you know, something you can start and finish in a, in a couple hours and, uh, and the guy leaves stoked, you know, yeah. Do you and, like uh, to do you like to draw it on or do you like to stencil it on? Oh, uh, I got to stencil pretty much. I got to stencil everything, man. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not a. I mean, I'm already flying by the seat of my pants most of the time, <laughs> and uh, you know, ever since um, ever since my my daughter was born about four years ago, I I just have had way less time to do homework and mm-hmm. and shit, you know. So for me, it's like you show up for your appointment and you're gonna wait, you know hopefully no more than an hour to get whatever it is done. Right. Maybe if, maybe if you got a back piece scheduled with me, it'll already be 90% drawn when you get there, but mm-hmm. pretty much like, you know, I, I'm taking every, every tattoo I do as a walk-in basically, like even if it's appointment and, uh, and something kind of magical happens there where you have a little bit of time pressure and, um, and you just got to trust yourself and, and make it happen, you know, and, um, and within that, that time parameter. And um, I think most of the time it, it's, it's worked well and it, and it really helps with that efficiency thing we were mm-hmm. talking about, right? Like, Definitely, man. And I think there's, there's something about that feeling that, you know, you're talking about it and I can just, I feel it, you know what I mean? I feel sitting there in the shop and knowing that that appointment's coming in and the excitement of that. And then when they get there, the collaboration between yourself and the client, and then trying to take that feeling that they're giving you and the idea and create something out of it and then putting it on. And then they walk out with it like two hours later. It's fucking amazing, man. And it's like, so I get it. And I could spend three days drawing and redrawing and I might not come up with something as good too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So totally. I mean, we've been, I've been there too, where you're just like, you're too involved in this drawing and, um, you're, it's almost overwhelming. And then you just let it go and walk in and trust, like you said, trust what you have in the, in the bank to yeah. get it done. And, um, that comes with preparation, man. I mean, that that's like, you know, when you're talking about getting back to that time, when you guys were in that shop figuring this shit out and you were putting in the reps that it takes to now take um, a walk-in, you know, create your calendar and and basically making it a walk-in style and um, putting that pressure on yourself um, 
it comes with repetition and it comes with practice. Yeah. And, and, you know, having the right reference, it's all about reference. I don't make this shit up out of my head most of the time. And, um, who's your favorite? My favorite, what reference old, old time tattooer that was pumping out flash. Oh man. I think, um, you know, I think that's, that's a tough one. (laughs) That, uh, Top three, I think Bob Wicks is a, is a oh, yeah. You know he he did Legend. some really pretty stuff. I think Percy Waters mm-hmm. is amazing, and um, and you know even even though like a lot of people might feel like you've seen it all or whatever, I think Sailor Jerry was a was amazing. You know, yeah, he was a legend. He he did exactly what um what everyone was trying to do, and and did it you know and and filled his walls with tons of flash and uh and created a style and made things um really work in in any image right like so i mean i'm probably forgetting somebody but uh those i mean that's a great top four you know that's a great four right there i mean they're they're amazing you know i love the stuff that i'm sitting here looking at a in my studio i'm looking at a uh, Milton's ice sheet that is um, I got from I think Cliff White was selling them at one point and he said it came out of a it was a window sheet um, that he had kind of redigitized and it was all the original was all like stained with nicotine and partially ripped but I love that it's all boxed out and mm-hmm. it's all the all the boxes are like two inches by three inches you know maybe like three by four and they're detailed little pieces, yeah, you know, yeah. they're just, it's an amazing amount of detail, but simplified to the point where, you know, you can take out a, 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 a needle and put it on skin and it's going to age well. And it's going to look like that in 30 years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think, uh, that's one, one of those things that a lot of people miss the mark on, you know, they think mm-hmm. like. I've noticed, you know, that that people in general think of traditional tattooing as like this really dumbed down kind of thing, like mm-hmm. funky. And um, not everybody was doing that, you know. Like some, obviously, like a lot of it's pretty simple, and it's got to have this outline and and be within these parameters. But um, you know, some of these guys were were artists, man. They were really right. drawing, and they could design something really well. So. Um, it's definitely why like um, tattooers initially who really struck me and were important to me coming up like Mike Malone, he had a, he had a something about the way that he drew. I mean, he like, and somebody that was um, tattooing and I was around and got tattooed by and is still killing it. Jeff Rescher. Yeah. You know, they had a, they had this, I don't know if it was just a, and I don't know how to explain it. Just, a sensibility to their work, a, a um, delicate is all all that comes to mind. But that shit could look so tough in in the same way, you know. So um, just more refined, I guess. And yeah, it was, totally. But I love it, you know. And it's I it's, also love like the the you know real clunky Burt Graham kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and you know some of these things people are doing with massive bold needles that probably aren't going to hold up for very long, but but look really cool, you know, mm-hmm. um, I love all that stuff too, but I think that, uh, 
it doesn't have like the the misinterpretation is that people think it's got to be like this really clunky cartoony. yeah cartoony yeah. kind of thing and and i don't agree you know yeah no i don't either and i think if it's what you it's the watered downness of our industry now you know what i mean it's it's there's there's so much information out there that i think um people don't take a little dive deeper into flash and and maybe a a few guys back that aren't so readily available on pinterest you know what i'm saying like and that's about man that's really it's going to take it takes effort it does take effort either to dig into the internet order some books or get out like you said back in the day you get out and go to somebody's tattoo shop and there's these books that are sitting on you know tattoo shop shelves right now (laughs) that that have like treasures in them you know, you just got to pull them back off the wall and put the iPhone down, you know, or pull them back off the shelf and put the iPhone down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, at the same time, you know, it's it's great to be able to use a computer to fuck or a, or a iPhone or whatever to to look up some reference. One hundred percent. And and that makes my job easier. Uh, I'm not ragging on it too much, but no. And I and all I'm saying is like experience it a little bit deeper than. Um, you can definitely use the iPhone and, and even Pinterest and Instagram and all these things as tools, you know, and, and for entertainment, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying that sometimes we get lost in, in those devices and I'm, I'm preaching to, you know, myself too, cause yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about that thing sometimes. And, um, but just to go deeper with, yeah, the research and the, and the interest it's there's a lot out there i mean yeah man and i'm all about getting inspired and and uh and looking in the world for 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 that inspiration you know like going to a museum yeah. or going to an antique store and looking through some shit and finding finding that one gem you know that yeah you, like the hunt for me like when i'm creating designs or making flash or whatever the, the hunt of, of finding those cool old images is like half the thing, man. Like I, uh, I love that so much, you know, it's, it's more fun to do that for me than just like sit down with an idea and try and come up with something. Yeah. Was it always like that when you were first, like kind of starting out those first few years and, um, before you, um, when did, when did the private studio happen? Uh, maybe like, um, 2008 to 2012 something like that mm-hmm. i think yeah did you so it, go on no i was just wondering so you did you always kind of have that idea that hey i'm gonna use this stuff as reference and but also be looking for ways to enhance it you know from from outside stuff yeah i i, I think so you know i um you know, you're talking about Jeff Rasher, right? Like yeah. he's he's a buddy of mine. I, I worked with him briefly at, at Spider Murphy's and learned a lot from him. I think he's an amazing tattooer and a hell of an artist, you know. And um, I'd be hanging out with him and like at a bar or something and we'd be drawing on napkins. And I'm like struggling to draw a fucking, I don't know, you know, a heart with a banner or some shit. <laughs> right. And he's like j- just going nuts and drawing the you know, what he draws, the coolest shit you've ever seen. Right. And, um, and it just doesn't quite flow out of me the same way, you know, mm-hmm. like I need that, uh, I, not that I, I, I need to 
reference to draw everything, but uh, I I enjoy doing a little layover and like creating something out of something else and, right. and putting my spin on it and, and all of that. It's a Rep- different process. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, I think the way that I draw is is um, maybe starts off a little loose, but but gets pretty stiff and. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas a guy like him can just draw draw it on and, and make some magic out of uh, out of thin air, you know. I hope everybody's enjoying the show. This is a quick invite for anybody that's going to be in the Sacramento area. It's September fourteenth today. This show is dropped, and um, I want to invite you guys to S 8s Tattoo Road Show. It's being held at the Urban Hive in Sacramento, California. Um, I'm going to be hosting the event, so if you come out, it's free to all tattooers. You guys are going to leave with goodie bags, and um, you're going to get to see some really cool products that S8 is offering, so it's going to be a fun time, so please come out and hang out with me at the Urban Hive in Sacramento, California uh, tonight, September 14th. If you're going to come out, I look forward to seeing you. You can RSVP at s8tattoo.com. I hope to see you there. Enjoy the rest of the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah, it's what, again, one of those things early on and when I was, I was actually tattooing at um, Picture Machine uh, in, I guess, I suppose it was 99, 2000, somewhere like, yeah, 98, late, all in 99, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. And so I would go, I got my chest done, I think at, around that time um, by Jeff and um, I had had I'd been tattooed by him maybe a year prior out at the uh, um, tattoo tour in Miami Beach and on my arm. And um, so I used to just remember going into that shop and Eddie and I'd been tattooed by Eddie prior to that, like early on, like my boss said, hey, if you're going to do anything, like go get tattooed by Eddie Deutsch. He did my back piece and he had done a rad back piece um, uh, on my boss, uh, Steve Hendricks. He had this big, big ass dragon with like this Filipino hut. And, um, cause Steve had had, uh, shops in Subic Bay, Philippines. And, um, so yeah, man, I remember going into 222 just being mesmerized by the vibe there and the energy. And, um, it's awesome. You know, that th- those guys were killing it and still continue to rule, you know? Yeah, totally, man. I think, I think, um, all those, all those guys from that era are like what, what are my probably my biggest influences you know um i mean top of the list i would say like you know ed hardy and dan higgs but um right but after that it's like you know jeff and and jeff whitehead and, and yeah. scott sylvia and, and freddie corbin and all these guys were like the, these are the guys i was going to and getting tattooed by mm-hmm. and on point a you know and and um and as i was like just getting into tattoos and then starting to tattoo and um and they kind of showed me just kind of what it what it can mean to be a a creative tattooer and and um and do this as a career and and um in a successful way and how to act with your customers and and all that shit you know they were super cool to me and and um i try and remember that Mm -hmm. how those guys were with me when I was starting out when like some some new kid comes in off the street who's just 
apprenticing or whatever, you know, like you don't have to be a, a dick to every apprentice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But it's cool and respectful and, and, um, and is into it. Like, you know, give them a couple little secrets or, or whatever, you know? Yeah. What pushed you to go to a private studio from, I mean, kind of growing up in tattooing in that street shop, um, mentality, what, what pushed you to a, a private studio? Man, so this is this is gonna be you know could could potentially go off into a long story, but um, I as I was getting into tattooing, I was also getting into, into drugs, you know, and um, and I think that pressure of of tattooing and and working with you know all these amazing tattooers and and uh, and just the pressure of of tattooing in general, like really created the perfect storm for me to, to, uh, to get, to, to kind of dive into, to drugs. And, um, and so I, I went for it, man. And, and, um, and that became like my solution, right? So I was getting pretty fucked up on, on, uh, pills and, and, and stuff while I was, um, beginning to, you know, excel as a tattooer, and um, and as it does, eventually it catches up with you, right? Mm-hmm. And I started started uh, burning bridges and getting fired from jobs, and and going from you know, uh, or uh, after I, I I basically got shit canned from Spider Murphy's in like 2004 or something just for 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 you know my struggles at the time. And I went from there to a, a little street shop in Santa Rosa, and then from there to a, a shop in San Francisco, uh, Karen Rose's shop, Sacred Rose, and uh, back when it was in the Mission, and um, and and I just, you know, I, I couldn't get my shit together. I was trying to get sober, and I and I it wasn't happening, you know. So, um, so I basically had to kind of take a break, you know, and. Um, mm-hmm. And for like maybe two and a half years or something, three three years maybe, I did like a handful of tattoos, you know. I wasn't working in a shop. I knew enough to know that like, you know, I'd seen it happen with other people and I didn't want to be the guy who was putting shitty tattoos on, on people and, and uh, making things even worse, you know. I've always had a lot of respect for tattooing and our industry and and I, I, I knew what was going on with me and I didn't want to uh, really fuck it up too bad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I, and, uh, so I was basically out of tattooing, you know, I was trying to do, I was trying to get sober and that was my job. And, um, and I worked with a couple guys doing some other stuff, you know, like construction type of stuff, like real work, you know, <laughs> hard, hard work kind of stuff. And, um, and just trying to, trying to get my life together a bit. And, uh, so when I did get my shit together, I got sober in 2008, and uh, and I I decided to go back to tattooing full force. And and the way I was doing it, I needed I needed to do my own thing. You know, I needed mm-hmm. to to not have that that uh, strict schedule to show up and you know, show up at noon and and leave at eight or whatever. So I uh, I. I I had a friend who had this this studio space in in San Francisco 
down near AT&T Park, and, uh, and it was like this crazy warehouse space, like kind of like a sweatshop, you know, like there was some people sewing in the, in the main part of this warehouse. And then it was, and, and then it was separated into all these little rooms and, and, uh, it was really, really pretty crazy, but, uh, um, but it worked for me, you know, and, uh, and I dove back in full force and, and, uh, and it took off from there, you know, and I, and I, I would basically, I, I figured out all you really need is a couple chairs and, uh, you know, and your, your machines and your power supply and your inks and, and, um, a place to autoclave and clean your equipment and, um, and some good customers. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I just kind of slowly started diving back in and, um, and went from that studio to another studio and, and started like doing little guest spots here and there. And, um, and the private studio was really working really well for me. And, um, you know, I, uh, I, in, in 2011, I guess my, my girlfriend was, was pregnant and she was living in LA at the last minute, she decided not to move up to San Francisco, so I had to kind of bail and go down to to L.A. and um, and I moved down there like within a week, you know. And I was like, "Fuck, I need to go. I don't know anyone in L.A. I need to go back to working in a shop." And uh, and I talked to Juan Puente, who had spent a long time like <clears throat> living and working in L.A. and I. Uh, asked him his advice and opinion on um, where I should work and, and what I should do. And I was tripping, you know. I was my kid, and it was kind of unexpected. And um, and he gave me a couple options. And I took this job working with um, uh, Erica Stanley, old-school woman who uh, owned a shop in, in L.A. And they were the ones who could offer me a, a full you know, a full-time gig. And, um, and so I went down there and spent a year working down there and kept the private studio. And I'd go back like and tattoo my San Francisco clients, um, every month, but being gone a year from San Francisco, um, I lost a lot of those customers, you know, Mm -hmm. like just, I'm sure everybody knows, like when you move studios, a lot of people, you know, I don't know, they can't find you or they can't, um, they, they find somebody else or whatever happens, it, it disrupts that, that thing. And, uh, so when I moved back to San Francisco, like a year after my daughter was born, I, I had the pressure of being a dad and having to provide, you know, more money for my family and everything. And so I, uh, I decided I needed to get a job back in a shop, you know, and not, and not just do the, the, the studio thing in San Francisco. So, uh, Holly Ellis at, at Idle Hand, who I had like done some guest spots at her shop, she offered me, um, you know, she, she was cool enough to let me like split up my time between the studio and her shop. And, uh, and I was doing like, walk-ins and and um their 
clients at um, at that shop, and then my own clients at at the studio, and make it a hundred percent there, you know. Mm-hmm. And it worked, you know. But eventually, I just uh, didn't. It, it got to be a drag to have all my stuff in two spaces and and trying to you know balance who to tattoo where and all that so i just i, I was doing good and happy at, at idle hand and, and i just went for it and i actually gave the studio to my friend dave and um and uh stuart cripwell who who used to work at spider murphy's as well when he left there he he called me up looking for a, a, a spot to tattoo and and uh, so he came and, and worked with me out of this little tiny private studio in the mission. And, um, and then when I left, he, he stayed there and, uh, I think he's still there. And, Very cool. Yeah. And so um, you, it's interesting, man, because you've basically four or five times in, you know, recent years had to re basically do that street shop thing where you have to reevaluate and re, um, build up a clientele, you yeah. know, um, what's the biggest thing you've learned having to go through that process each time? I mean, obviously you have some, when you come back up to San Francisco, you have, you know, your connections and friends and a few people that, you know, but really having to rebuild at idle hand and, and from before that. Well, I, you know, when I started tattooing, right, like there was, nobody even had websites. Really. <laughs> right. And, um, you had to get out there. Yeah, you had to get out there. And if you saw a fucking Dan Higgs tattoo, it was because Dan did it, you know? It wasn't like Joe Schmo from from fucking the Midwest or, or whatever, you know? Like it was it was him and uh and now, you know, uh there's a million times more tattooers. It's like grown so much, you know. And um so I think that there's a lot more competition to, to do tattoo, right? Like who, who wants to wait a year to get, uh, tattooed by Tim Lehigh when you can get, you know, the, this wonder boy kid who just fucking started, who, who's doing it for cheaper, you know, who's, you know, probably ripping everybody off on, on Instagram, but, you know, the tattoo looks okay and stuff. So uh, I think that your average person who doesn't know anything about tattoos mm-hmm. goes for the cheaper guy who's who's got more followers on Instagram or right. something like that, you know? And and, uh, and I, um, I saw that as like, oh, shit, there's this, this new competition. There's this new thing going on, but... Um, you know, where, where do we fit in? Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm just, a, I'm not the best. I'm not the worst, but I'm just a guy who shows up and does tattoos. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, that, you know, I talked to a couple people about it. My friend Hillary, she would say, um, you know, the, the, the cream always rises, right? Like when you're, you stay doing what you're doing and, um, and doing it well, like all the suckers and all the all the, you know, kind of garbage falls to the bottom, and the, and the ones who are doing it right and doing it well succeed. 
and uh, and and that's been my experience. You know, I think that uh, there's definitely people who um, capitalize off of uh, good, bold, you know, fucking Zeiss tattoos, Zeiss flash on Instagram, and they know how to market themselves really well. You know, maybe they got into it like at the right time and new computers and knew how to how to um, get it all out there and, and, and everything more than me or, you know, somebody else. And, uh, and for, for, for good or bad, like that's a, a real thing, you know? So there's a lot of people who, um, who don't know the difference between mm-hmm. that and, you know, one of us who's, who's been doing it a long time and maybe has a little bit more, um, life in the game or whatever. Sure. But, well, I uh, think it, I think it comes down to the experience that you can, prov- that you're going to give somebody and the clients are either, they're lacking either, um, money, financial lacking, or they're lacking knowledge. And yeah. so as tattooers, I think so much more these days, what I think is going, can save at you as a tattooer in a street shop type environment is your salesmanship. It has to get back to that. And you have to use the tools that we have now. The floodgates are open. So we got to use the tools that are out there to provide the client with the best experience possible because we're always going to have that dude who doesn't have the knowledge and he doesn't have the money and he's going to pay 20 bucks in a six pack and go get tattooed in a living room because that experience was what he was willing to, to, to have, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess what I'm saying is like, it used to be when I started, those guys that were doing it for a, a 20 bucks and a six pack were fucking terrible. You know, right. like you tell, Oh shit, that was put on by a biker in a garage on speed, yeah. whatever. And now the like quality's up. Yeah. The quality's up. People are, you know, there's people who are tattooing out of their house and doing, cool shit i guess you know yeah or, or that's maybe what i what i but again you're gonna have the a certain amount what's nice about the 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 flood in the market is it's always also flooding the information to a greater amount of people so there the the pool yeah. is bigger for clients and they're gonna be more um clients available who want that experience that you oh. give them that organic experience the street shop experience that you know ross k jones is going to come in work something up for them in the first hour of the appointment and put it on and they're going to leave three hours later. Super happy. Yeah, exactly, man. And, and, uh, you know, I think that it also pushes us to, to do better, right? Sure. I'm not resting on my laurels as much when there's, when there's really good tattooers out there, you know, who are, maybe they just started, but they're putting on super clean, good, good tattoos right so yeah i like that i enjoy that that challenge and that like uh momentum that's happening because of that right so it's not all bad I'm, does it I, change does it change the the business model the way that you look at you know doing business as a tattooer um i mean i think you said it right like you gotta be i've always believed this but you definitely gotta like be good to your clients and um and keep them coming back right like Mm -hmm. when when i first started there was only 
one other shop in in San Rafael when I worked at Spider Murphy's, right? And uh, and they were weren't doing as good at tattoos, right? So <laughs> right was uh, in my opinion, right? So it, it was easy to to get people to come back and and get tattooed by us if you know you didn't have to to sell it quite as hard i guess sure what i'm saying and now now it's like you know anyone anywhere can can find a if, if you're not getting a good tattoo in california or especially in san francisco like you're fucking up man like there's some great tattooers around you know and um so pressure's up and and you know i think that you got to give people uh, a good experience and and that's always been important i don't want to say that that that's a new thing for me but um but it's more important you know? yeah i think it, i definitely think it's more important now and i think just like everything there's balance in what tools am i going to use what you know what's my process to get you know, from point A to point B with the client and figure out if they really even want to get tattooed, you know, all that kind of stuff is you have to think more about it and you have to really refine it. And, um, you know, 20 years of, of being behind that counter, um, you definitely, you definitely, uh, realize that today is different and, um, you have to be on your game for sure. Yeah, man. And I, I think, you know, back back then because there was less tattooers you had to do everything you know mm -hmm. like i was taught like you don't you don't let shit walk out of the door unless you really can't do it you know and like you you make an attempt like and uh and so i was doing you know fucking kanjis off the wall and sure. um black and gray cholo stuff on on gangbangers and uh and traditional stuff on you know, on those guys, and then you know, I don't know, fucking flowers and, and yeah. curly, curly vines on yeah. the soccer moms, dude. All that, stuff, right? So yeah. So now it's like people are are. You look on Instagram. Everybody uses Instagram, and and uh, you look on there, and and you you look through somebody's photos, and they do the exact same shit. You know, like which is really cool. It's like, um, you know your style and, and here it is like and if you want something you don't go to dan higgs for a uh you know a, a, a photorealistic <laughs> right. color portrait right like that's that's probably not a good idea but although you know i've seen some stuff he did back in the day that that was not what you would expect and looks really good you know he uh he could do anything but i think so. early, you know he understood what he wanted to do. You know exactly, what I mean? He exactly. understood his place, I think, and, and really was happy to do those things and let somebody else take it, on the portrait or whatever. Exactly. So for me, it's like, I get it. There's, there's a, uh, we specialize in one thing more now, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I definitely do as well, you know, but I try not, to, I try and give people what they want also. Right. If somebody mm -hmm. comes in, this happens to me a lot. Like somebody comes in, they say, "Oh man, I love what you do. I love your your colored traditional tattoos." Blah blah blah. I found you on the internet and or Yelp or something. <laughs> right. And I want you to do this uh, computer script, uh, you know, thing <laughs> with, with some fucking bird silhouettes or whatever. And in my opinion, 
that's what they want, you know. And and I'm 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 down to give it to them rather than like try and hustle them into getting a fucking a Dan Higgs flash. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean however, sometimes there's with that. Like, yeah, and definitely I think giving them what they want, but to a certain degree, what's presented to them as of your work is traditional. If they're saying they like that traditional, I love being able to take that idea, that crazy Pinterest picture that they have. That's not anything of what I would want to tattoo in my style. Right. And just figuring out what they, what is the feeling behind this that they want to portray? Right. And then you've already said you like my work. So let's put it in that kind of style and still get that feeling or those little elements in it. Um, and, and I love that, man. And I guess it boils back down to that's the, that's part of the fun of the challenge of, of, you know, working with the customer, working with the customers and, and putting yourself in that situation. Totally. Yeah. I, I totally agree. You know, I think that, uh, it's a case by case thing, right? Like, you yeah. know, you can get away with talking <laughs> the end is something really cool that they're going to be stoked on. That's great. But yeah. I also know that people get uh, caught up in the moment and excited about getting a tattoo. And if they want, if they want that Pinterest thing and they don't have any tattoos, I'm, it's probably not a good idea for me to talk them into a, 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 a Grim Reaper holding a shotgun. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And it comes back to, you know, um, experience as a tattooer that you have knowing when to pick those situations out and when to just say, you know what? This person has a potential of of either they're going to just leave happy with this incredible tattoo and experience in San Francisco and I'll never see them again, um, but they got what they wanted. Or I'm going to treat them right, give them what they what they want, and ultimately they're going to be stoked, come back. Exactly. And maybe the second time they're going to opt for, you know, that uh, nice anchor with a with a banner and some flowers that. Uh, they can put a word in, you know, or whatever. That's just, uh, they, they get something that's more up your, up your alley. And I think that's the, and that's the perfect, uh, that's the perfect flow, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's what street shop tattooing has been. And, um, since I've been in it, uh, it's, well, it's tattooing, amazing. Oh man, you want them to come back, right? Like I'm, I'm in this for, for the rest of my life. You know, I'm not trying to save money as a tattooer to become a fucking, art star or, a, a, a you know, pay my way through law school or something. <laughs> right. Like, this is, this is it, man. And, uh, so having those people come back is important, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I got to eat too. Right. So right. I need them to. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So t- tell me what, what's your, uh, what's your typical week like, man, at idle hand these days? Uh, I work, I work there like five days a week, you know, and, um, weekends are my busy, busy time. Um, I generally just work by appointment. However, when I can, I love to squeeze in a, a walk-in or, a um, you know, we, we get a lot of people from, from all over the world traveling to San Francisco mm-hmm. and maybe they know a little bit about tattoos and, and, um, and, and come by our shop. Like, you know, we've become known as a, as a good, solid, traditional tattoo shop. And it, I think that most everybody, I mean, absolutely everybody at our shop is doing innovative, creative, good tattooing. And, uh, so 
your average guy knows that they're going to be able to come and get a good tattoo from whoever it is, right? So that's why that that are get what you get days work out well because it doesn't matter who you're going to get tattooed by, you're going to get a good tattoo. Mm -hmm. At the same time, a lot of people um, there are busy with their their appointments and shit, and I'm just fine with uh, with squeezing in a walk-in. If you're coming from Australia and you want a cool skull tattoo from me uh, and I'm booked that day, I'm going to stay late and make it happen, you know? Yeah. As long as I can, right? Sure. And, uh, and so I enjoy doing that, right? So I started taking Saturdays and, and booking like one appointment or, or, or even no appointments and just do, doing walk-ins, like old school street shop style. And uh, most of the time, I still do that. You know, sometimes if there's people from out of town, that's the only day they can get tattooed. I, I'll, I'll make them an appointment just to make sure they get in. But whenever I can, I try and leave some space to, to see what happens, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, and that keeps it fresh and exciting for me, you know. When I look at my calendar and I have, like, scheduled appointments for the next three weeks, it, it kind of stresses me out, you know. I think, <laughs> fuck, man, I'm, I'm kind of tethered to this thing and I got all this homework to do and, and all of that. And uh, which, you know, that's great. You're busy and everything, but... I enjoy the spontaneity of of, uh, of doing that off the off the cuff walk-in kind of thing, like like at a convention or something, right? So, yeah. um, you still paint a lot? You know, <laughs> I, I not as much as I'd like to. I've, yeah. I've spent the last week painting a lot, and I'm working on a few things. Um, but it's usually for like a deadline, right? Like somebody's got something they want me to do. Sure. And, or an art show or, or whatever. I try and say yes to things. Like uh, I got this piece for for an art show coming up and um, and I don't have the time to do it. But I say yes because <laughs> it's good for me, right? It's good for me to paint and and draw. And, um, and, and then I make time for it, right? But mm -hmm. I, in my day-to-day -day life, you know, um, it's all about the balance of work and family and, and, uh, and all of that. So it's hard for me to, to, you know, paint three nights a week or something. I, I don't have time to do that. And, um, so yes, I still paint, but <laughs> not as much as, as, as I used to, or I'd like to. You know? Yeah, man. I think we all find ourselves in that uh, situation at times, you know, I'm definitely in that same situation where I don't paint as much as I, much as I want to. I got a six month old baby and, exactly. and, and you, you know, know, other kids as well and family and, um, all sorts of shit going on. So, but when I get to man, I, I, I love it. You know, watercoloring has been something that I've just been since the, since the beginning, you know, trying to learn, trying to get information from anywhere I could to figure out, how to how to do this spit shade thing and um finally figuring it out and and just over the years like loving it you know there's i was driving in my car the other day thinking to myself man i just want to like you know see that ink spread out through that water over that arches board you know yeah and man. just dreaming about it man totally and sometimes you know i'll do like uh those like co coquille yeah Ryan coquille flash or, or uh, what do you call it? Stipple paper sure. designs. We're working on this um, 
this new book at our shop that's going to come out, I think, for the uh, the SFO convention towards the end of October, mm-hmm. and um, and it, it's it'll be our second volume of uh, these get what you want designs that we do um, as the whole shop. And so I've been putting in some work on that, and um, and that goes a little quicker, right? Like you can you can sit down, do the lines, and 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 do the shading with a pen and a pencil, and get it cracked out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, to, to painting. I'm a little slower with painting, but I, I still prefer that. But um, Yeah, no, definitely th- those, those quick versions can, can be a nice relief for, you know, getting, totally. getting those ideas out and, and um, yeah, you know, putting, putting paint down on paper is definitely more of a commitment <laughs> for <laughs> sure. A little more pressure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I love that you guys are doing uh, the books and painting as a whole shop, getting involved in like kind of a collective uh, environment of one project, uh, to, you know, together. And, and it's something that um, I think it was on the show with Jojo when he was he was just talking about how you see all these just individual banners nowadays at conventions. And it used to be you'd see you know, shop banners like yeah. Goldfields, you know, always was, was one of the great banners up at the really? the Santa Rosa show that, that we would go to. And, um, you know, so it's cool for me to see that, you know, collectively working on, um, projects together. Who does that come from? Is Holly pushing that? Or is that you guys just as a shop collectively going, Hey, I've done this before and it's, it's good for all of us. Where does that come from? I mean, I think that, uh, I think we, as a group, decided to to put these books out and uh, and to push it a little further and to do more do it more often because it's become a success. But uh, but uh, they you know they were doing um, doing those get what you want get what you get days um, long before I was there. You know mm-hmm. um, I used to live around the corner from the shop and I came in before when, uh, my buddy Chris was working there and, um, and got a little stood in line and got a little tattoo, you know, and it wasn't quite as, as, uh, busy as it is today, but, um, but they've been doing it a while, you know, and, uh, and because of that, it's become this pretty special thing. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. Last time, last time I worked in San Francisco was in, um, 2008, or 2009 mm-hmm. and um i remember going up to idle hand for a for a nice art show they were always doing collective stuff like that i think bart yeah. bingham was there who's you know um right. amazing artist and, and i love that guy's work and i don't even, i don't remember who else was there but um it's always been a great spot man i love the floors <laughs> totally yeah yeah they that was when i first walked in there and I guess it was January 2009. I was moving back out to San Francisco and or the, this area in Northern California and looking for a job. And um, that was one thing I was so stoked on was those with the floors with the um, traditional designs kind of spray painted on the, you know, stencil sprayed on the on the floor. It looks so dope, man. Just added okay. a whole cool character to it. Uh, that's 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 I think there's a new floor on top of that, but but the magic is still there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, things evolve and, and it was just one of those things that 
shops like that have, like you said, the magic is still there. They have flash can change, the the colors can change, the 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 crew can change, but the shop still remains, you know, and and that vibe still feel still lingers, you know. Yeah, I I, I think uh, I'm very happy there. You know, I think yeah. that um, uh, I, I don't plan on going anywhere. I've had a few offers for for doing some other stuff, and uh, and I'm sticking where I am. You know, I I I think that uh, I Holly, you know, is the owner of the shop, and and she's a an amazing creative tattooer and a, and a rad friend, and um, and I think that. Uh, you know and and everybody else that works there austin and and uh gary and derek like everybody's doing creative stuff and Mm -hmm. looking really cool and and we we bounce ideas off of each other and 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 do this kind of group effort and um and you know some of these guys tattooed longer than me and some of them tattooed less than me and and it doesn't matter where we're all um learning from each other and and that's really cool. You know, I, I think that Holly, Holly's been tattooing forever and she, uh, she's the owner and, you know, she sits next to me and we draw our tattoos and, and, you know, she's, she's not just the owner of the shop making money off of us, right? She's a coworker and a friend. And, uh, and so to me, it's, it's really important. That's key. You know, I don't want to, I'm not, trying to work just to make somebody else rich I'll, I'll go work by myself if that's the case you know instead i, I want to be a part of something bigger and uh and doing that you know your style changes and and you grow and you and you learn shit you know and uh our shop has a lot of guests that come through you know and uh from all over the world and um yeah man that was uh, I, yeah i had one of the guests that um that came through justin burnout Um, he talked about coming to idle hand and, and you know, how it, uh, was for him tattooing there and in San Francisco. And I saw that, um, one of the, one, this cat is killing it, man. I I love his work. It is pretty amazing to me that he, he's created kind of this, uh, style for him himself. And it's very, very recognizable. And that's the dude on his Instagram is like Luxiano street classic. Yeah. Man, dude, I love that. It's like new. It's like contemporary tribal to me. Like with with you know illustration in there and and a little bit of graffiti and I mean, it's just amazing stuff. All black work and it's got soul. I know. I know. Totally, totally. Yeah. It's got soul. And That's, so it's it's yeah, man. It's pretty amazing. You get you get a lot of that good creative um, energy coming through there. Yeah, I agree, man. Hmm. Well, what's uh, what's next up? Any any projects coming up, man? Um, that you want to talk about or or let people in on, or how can people find you? And um, I mentioned it before, but um, we're we're working on this volume two of the of the Get What You Get book, mm-hmm. and um, and that's me and Holly Ellis and Austin Maples and Gary Royal and Derek Montez and. Um, and we are doing another one of these books that's meant to be sold to other tattooers and tattooed. And it's like a travel book full of, of designs from, you know, from a hundred bucks to 300 bucks. And, um, and we'll have like the line work in there and the shading. And, nice. uh, and so it's, you know, it's not just 
high art to be put on your wall. This is meant to be tattooed and uh, and will be, uh, if all goes as planned, we'll be debuting that at the SFO convention um, and just doing walk-ups there at, on uh, on October 21st to 23rd mm -hmm. and, uh, in, in near the airport in San yeah, Francisco. Yeah, I think it's the Hyatt, SFO Hyatt. I think that's there, right. That's, yeah, Taki Show. It's um, Bay Area Convention of the Arts, man. It's it's an amazing show. Anybody that's going to be out there, I would highly, highly recommend you know, getting to at least one day of it. I'm going to try to get to at least one day of it, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to my with my schedule. But uh, I love it. It's 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 the who's who of of tattooing, man, and and it's such a creative environment and and a rad place to just go and check out. Totally, man. If I if I wasn't tattooing there, I'll be there Friday and Sunday, and uh, and our shop will be there all weekend, and um, and we'll be working out of that book. And if I wasn't there uh, working, I'd be there getting tattooed by somebody. You know, like right. a lot of a lot of my favorite tattooers will be there for sure. You know, so Definitely. that's one of those ones not to miss. And um, when was the last time you got tattooed? Shit, man, I'm getting tattooed today after my first appointment. So what? What are you getting? All the time, but um, and 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 I'm getting tattooed on Wednesday as well, man. I, I try and keep keep at it so I don't forget what I'm doing to people, you know. <laughs> right. What are you getting today? Uh, I'm gonna get a little, um, you know, that uh, I'm gonna get tattooed by Holly, who, who I work with, and uh, and you know that little. Uh, Old classic design that's like a, a skull with a pipe on a book with a with yeah a, like a, a hat on well like a yeah so uh, very cool one and uh, I've always I've always loved that image and um, and I just you know I like to just pick out a classic and, and go for it you know and, and not be tattooed for five hours but just, <laughs> right you know. where, where are you gonna get a rough spot or is it uh... It's like kind of on my hip. It's one of the, one of the. Um, I think that's the plan. You know, you never know really what sure. happened. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, it, it, it all hurts for me now, man. It's like uh, the the easy spots are are done. Are done, <laughs> long gone, right? Yeah. Shit. Well, Ross, man, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Um, Life, life prevented us from doing it the first time we got it in today so i appreciate it man and um where can people check out your work on instagram uh ross k jones r-o-s-s-k-j-o-n-e-s -S -S -E is my instagram that's my name and my instagram thing and i got a website that's connected there it's just rosskjones.com where you can check out idlehandsf.com or the Idle Hand SF Instagram. It's all there, man. Like, yeah. See what we do on a daily basis. And, uh, and, uh, shops on, on Lower Hate. It's at, uh, uh, basically Hate and Fillmore down in San Francisco and, uh, in the Lower Hate district. And, um, yeah, man. If you see me, come say hi. Yeah, definitely, man. It's a cool spot to be. Um, you know, a legendary spot in San Francisco. And, um, uh, it's, it's awesome. If anybody's going to travel to San Francisco, I definitely, uh, recommend to stop into, uh, the lower hate and check out idle hand for sure. Ross, thanks man so much. I appreciate it, dude. I'm, I'm such a fan of your work and, uh, I love what you're doing, man. Keep it up. Uh, thanks Joe. I appreciate it, brother. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Right on. See ya. 
Okay, that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. If you are going to be at the event tonight, hit me up. Let me know you're going to be there. And you can do that at OG Joe Swanson. That's on Instagram or Twitter. Make sure you tell one friend today about the podcast. I do appreciate it. Enjoy your right now, everybody. Keep hustling.
I'd also say meditate. That's definitely a good thing. Meditation. Should definitely try meditation. Check out the Calm app for iPhone. It's like a life changer. Have a good day.